Welcome to the podcast arm of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing His purpose, pronouncing His power, and proclaiming His praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Okay. Uh, and there have been people who have been even confined to the wheelchair for a long time after they are fully recovered from COVID. I mean, why this happened, we don't fully know, and there are, there's a lot of ongoing research to understand this condition, okay? Uh, so, now, I emphasize severe symptoms. You need to be aware of it because if you know anyone who reports any of these symptoms, as you will advise that if you have symptoms, you know, generally you need to self-isolate, but if you have any um, marker of severe symptoms, then it's not the time to stay at home, okay? So these symptoms, uh, if you are having difficulty breathing at all, or severe shortness of breath, okay? You just climb, a, uh, take a few uh, walk, or just one or two uh, flights of stairs, just at the beginning of it, you are running out of breath, then that's a big worry, okay? If you're having persistent pressure or pain in the chest, okay, so that can be an indication that the heart muscle is being affected, which is called myocarditis. So that's a very, very severe uh, uh, symptom. If you're having, uh, if there are any, any signs of confusion or difficulty staying awake, feeling drowsy all the time, you know, not able to function, then this is also a cause for concern. Next slide. Uh, and then you need to be also be aware of people who are at risk of severe out, uh, outcomes, of more severe disease and outcome. These are older age. Um, I can't class myself as that for now. I think I'm just <laughs> approaching that. <laughs> you know, but generally with every decade of life, the risk of severe complication from COVID increases, okay? And it's actually worse, especially if you are 60 years and above. Uh, also with pregnancy, uh, some congenital conditions known as Down syndrome. Um, and then if you have not received all of your recommended COVID doses, uh, then that can also put you at high risk, okay? Uh, and then if you have any underlying chronic medical condition, just clarify with your physician what sort of risk it can pose to you, okay? Uh, and then if there's any problem with the immune system, which means you're immunocompromised, mainly these are people with sort of transplant patients who have had organ transplant, bone marrow transplant, uh, and they're on long-term immunosuppression. So this will put them at risk for, de for developing severe disease as well as um, obesity, especially if you have a body mass index, which is uh, 40 and above. That can put you at high risk. So uh, intensify your gym, um, uh, going to the gym now, eh? <laughs> if that could be an issue. <clears throat> so I've already talked about what to do, which is uh, if you have symptoms, self-isolate. Uh, thankfully, right now, most of us, I'm sure you have uh, self-testing rapid antigen test kit so you can actually test yourself and it's so easy to use. The instruction how to apply it is all there so you can test yourself and know whether it's COVID or not. 
So if your symptoms are mild, then stay, stay home. Uh, you need to be aware of the uh, latest public health guidelines. Uh, I think for now, uh, if you don't have severe symptoms and you're in the community, you need to self-isolate for five days at least. Uh, but if you're a healthcare worker, uh, for example, in SHA, you need minimum of seven days or even at least 10 days if you are still having an ongoing cough, okay? Uh, but if you have severe symptoms, like uh, I mentioned, it's not a time to self-isolate uh, self at home. You need to call 911. Very, very important. So those are the self-testing kits. Uh, but for those who have severe infections or who need to be admitted, for example, or come to the hospital for most things, now we do a lot of screening. So you can do a rapid PCR test. PCR test is actually very, very sensitive, much more sensitive than the antigen testing. So which means antigen test, you can have what is called false negative result. But PCR is very, very sensitive. And we tend to use it more in the hospital. Um, and uh, it can either be done in the lab or it can be done as a point of care, you know, right there. And within a few minutes, you have a result. Uh, so treatment, just uh, the uh, details about medication is beyond the scope of this uh, talk. Uh, but just to be aware that there is treatment, there's antiviral medication in form of tablets or injection, which can be given. Uh, and for those who have severe symptoms, in addition to just giving medication, they might need to be admitted to the intensive care unit for organ support, okay? Uh, so uh, there are medications, uh, and treat medications are mainly for those who develop moderate to severe infection. Uh, and one of the markers of moderate to severe infection is uh, if you need, uh, if your oxygen level drops, or, or you need supplemental oxygen, then that is a marker of severe infection and could need uh, respiratory support on ICU. Uh, also for high-risk individuals, especially those who have problem with their immune system, okay? So just check with your physician if you have any long-term medication that can impact on your immune system that can make you immunocompromised. Then for this category of people, even if you have mild symptoms, uh, it is recommended that you start antiviral pill within five days of the onset of a symptom. The reason is because for this class of people, it is known that the infection can progress and they can develop a severe disease. So before that happens, even if their symptoms are mild, you just don't stay home. You need to be started on the pill. Um, and the uh, physician can organize uh, that for those that need it. Uh, so in terms of uh, prevention, uh, as I've uh, earlier mentioned, the key thing is uh, if you do have self-testing kit, even if you don't and you have symptoms consistent with it, you know, just for your own self as well as for the community, uh, just self-isolate uh, if you are sick, okay? Uh, also improving door ventilation, especially at this time, there's nothing bad with just opening the windows for a few minutes uh, and that makes a lot of difference to have some cross ventilation coming into the building, you know. So this is very important to disperse uh, airborne aerosols as well as uh, droplets. Practice respiratory etiquette. When you sneeze or cough, you just don't do it into the open here. You know, you have to cover it. Uh, you might need to use your sleeve, you know, to do that respiratory etiquette. 
uh, as well as hand hygiene. You can either do regular hand washing or you can use your alcohol hand gel, you know, on a regular basis. I always have one in my car, you know, uh, and I use it all the time. So it is good practice uh, to do uh, hand hygiene. Uh, clean and disinfect surface with, you know, approved disinfectant, you know, uh, because we know uh, this virus can settle on them and remain viable for some time. You know, so it is possible to actually transmit, you know, from surfaces. Uh, vaccination is very, very important, uh, and I will talk a little bit about that more if time allows. Uh, very important, we need to make sure we are following the current uh, public health measures. Um, you know, this keeps changing all the time. Most of the strict measures have now been brought down because uh, the surge has come down, you know, with the Omicron. But if things change, uh, then the measures could be reinstated again. Normally, it's going to be announced in most of the public media. So just be on the alert and keep yourself updated with the latest government public health guidelines. So, uh, vaccination. Um, can I just check? Uh, how many of us here have been vaccinated for COVID? <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'm happy. I think the uh, majority of us here seem to, to have been vaccinated. I will be interested in understanding why, for some of us who have not, why. You know, it's a personal decision, but I will strongly encourage us to be vaccinated because this is one thing you have control over for individual protection, okay? So if that's something you have control over to protect yourself, not only yourself, your family, friends, and the community, so wh why not, okay? Uh, so it's one of the most effective ways uh, to protect uh, families, communities, and ourselves against COVID-19. It's been shown to be very effective uh, in preventing severe illness, hospitalization, as well as death uh, from COVID-19. Um, and this has been monitored by um, NACI, which is the National Advisory Committee on Immunization, as well as Health Canada. So any vaccine that these two organizations approve in Canada is being shown and demonstrated to be very, very safe and effective, okay? Uh, and so a booster dose following a primary series offer better protection against the Omicron. Now, I will show you further in the slide. So what we are dealing with now is a variant that is known as the Omicron, okay? And it's been shown before, before the Omicron, when we used to have what is the Delta strain, with just two doses of a vaccine, which is the primary series, was enough to actually prevent infection up to more than 90%. And if you have a breakthrough infection, the risk of severity is very, very low with the Delta. But now with the Omicron, the efficacy of the vaccine is actually lower, even when you get the primary series of you know, two doses. I think it's about 75%. Uh, but you can increase that efficacy further against the Omicron if you get a booster dose. Okay, so this is why it's important. Uh, I have had my booster. My wife has had my, my son and my daughter, they've had uh, it's only my uh, five-year-old that, you know, we are debating in terms of whether or not she needs, <laughs> she needs it, you know. So please, especially if you're an adult uh, or you have underlying medical condition, um, you're 50, 60 years or even more, 
you know, please make sure you get your booster. This is the way to guarantee, you know, protection. As I said earlier on, so uh, COVID vaccines, these have been approved by Health Canada uh, as well as NACI. So currently there are six approved vaccines uh, for use in Canada. Okay, so uh, and NACI, which is National Advisory Committee on Immunization, determines who is eligible for what type of vaccine. Okay, not uh, everybody is eligible for a particular one, you know, so depending on age, for example, out of all these six vaccines, only two of them are approved for individuals who are under 18 years of age, and only two is approved for children. Uh, from the age of six months uh, up to 18 as well, you know, so uh, if you go to an approved provider, most, uh, you know, pharmacies and all that, they should be following the NACI recommendation for administering it uh, so that uh, those who are meant to get it, uh, get it if you are eligible, okay? So you can see the six uh, doses. Uh, I had uh, the Pfizer, and I think most, most people will tend to have that, as well as the Moderna. Those are the very common ones uh, available, but there are still others uh, there, depending on uh, uh, supply uh, at the time. So the primary series generally is two doses, and then you are fully immunized. And it's generally given about eight weeks apart, uh, except for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which requires only one dose uh, to be fully immunized. Uh, and then you need a booster dose at least about six months after you have completed the primary series. Uh, for those who are immunocompromised, the protocol is different because they need at least three doses for a primary series for them to be fully um, uh, immunized. So the cases uh, that we have in Canada, so uh, this is as per data from uh, yesterday, so this is quite up to date. Within Canada, we've had well over 4 million cases uh, of COVID since the start of the pandemic, and we've had more than 44,000 deaths uh, from this pandemic uh, within Canada alone. Uh, in, within the last 28 days, uh, we have had over 83,000 cases, out of which over 1,000 are deceased. Okay? And within the last one week alone, we have had over 20,000 cases. Um, and this has been steady compared with the last one week. You know, so it appears to be steady in terms of the number of cases we are having within the last one week. But if you look at the 28-day figures, it seems to have dropped. But within one-week figures, it's, it seems to be uh, fairly stable. So within the provincial lab, uh, we do what is called sequencing to look at what kind of strains we are having, you know, from uh, samples that are sent to, uh, to the lab. And you can see that early in the year, the, in the pandemic, we had the Omicron strain, which is the B1 strain, which is predominant, especially between January uh, to uh, early March. And then from that time to around June, we had Another variant, which is the BA2, uh, we took over from the BA1. And now, from that point on, uh, we have the B4 as well as BA5. 
such that the last uh, sequencing that was done on the 21st of August, all the strains that were typed were completely BA5. So BA5 is the predominant one right now, both in Canada as well as in the US, you know, uh, BA5 strain. Um, and the government has actually, Health Canada has actually recently approved a bivalent vaccine, you know, which includes both the original strain of COVID as well as the Omicron strain. You know, so we'll be having a lot of doses coming to the province from this uh, week. Uh, but in terms of how soon it will be available to get delivered into arms, I'm not sure, but I will encourage once that is available, that will be a good one to have because that actually contains the Omicron strain for better protection. Okay, so it's an updated vaccine coming. Now, I just need to mention this. Uh, most of you might not be aware that our wastewater is not just gone to waste like that. It's actually being tested to determine the level of COVID in the community. Okay, so it's tested to check the number of viral load, which gives an indication of a level of activity of COVID in the community. Okay, so it's called surveillance, and this data on the dashboard is updated twice every week uh, to warn public health, you know, uh, as an indicator of, you know, whether we're about to have a surge in cases uh, or an outbreak, uh, you know, of a new variant. So it's a trend data about the level of COVID-19 in the wastewater within different communities. So there are 23 different sites in Canada that is offering this all, all across the uh, provinces. Uh, and like I said, it reflects the level of COVID-19 within that particular community where they have this system in place. Uh, so it's, a, it's an early indicator, okay? Those of you know about statistics, there's a lag indicator and there's early indicator. So this is an early indicator and it provides an early warning sign of infection outbreaks, okay? Uh, I tried to actually bring up the chart, but it was difficult. But if you look at the previous graph, you'll see that before any surge of COVID in the community, if you look at the wastewater data, you will see that there had been a surge about at least about two weeks before. You actually have an outbreak coming within the community. So it's being monitored very, very closely and being updated. So if you have a test which shows there's an increase, and then after that, you have a repeat test which shows it is stable. So it's just reported to be a warning sign. But if both tests that are done on two consecutive occasions shows an increase, then that's a confirmation that is an increase. And if two results shows it's a decrease, that's a confirmation. But if they are contrasting results, it's a warning, unless you have a repeat, repeat result which shows the same, and it's called a confirmation, okay? So now, in the 23 sites, six of those sites all across Canada, they are showing an increase, okay? And 12 of those sites are showing possible increase, okay? Which means the previous test shows it was stable, and then the following one showed an increase. So they are waiting for a confirmation before they can say it's actually an increase. And Regina falls into one of these sites, okay? And then we have four sites which are showing a decrease, and one site has no change. So in general, uh, it, it seemed to be pointing in the upward direction, uh, which means it is possible we could have a bit of surge as the winter months is approaching. So the summary, as my time is <laughs> just up, 
COVID-19 is associated with significant morbidity and mortality. It affected millions of cases all across the globe, millions of deaths, you know, as, as I've discussed. Uh, preventive measures are key, they are key, you know, to uh, beat this pandemic, uh, including vaccination. Uh, and they are the most effective ways to protect your family, protect our community, and even protect ourselves against COVID. So uh, if you haven't been vaccinated, I encourage you to get vaccinated. If you've received your two doses, I encourage you to receive your booster dose. So get vaccinated, get boosted. These are my sources. Next one. Thank you. So our next uh, presentation will be about our general mental well-being. And the person that will be picking this is um, a family and emergency physician. He works with the Wellborn Primary Healthcare Clinic. And um, he's also an assistant professor with the University of Saskatoon. So let's give a round of applause and welcome Dr. Ebenezer Adeliji. Church. <laughs> Good morning, church. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you, Pastor, for dedicating this time to educate our people and uh, empower ourselves. Hallelujah. My slides, please. It, it, it's um, the theme for this Health Week is your health. Is your responsibility. Your health. Next slide, please. Yeah. Your health is your responsibility. And importantly, we want to do this so that you know that what God um, has given to us men, God will not do it. I mean, what men can do, God will not come down to do it. Your health, God has given us perfect health, but you need to maintain it. And whatever you don't maintain, we crumble. So I need you to turn to your neighbor, just say, your health is your responsibility. Again, your health is your responsibility. I don't like that. Okay, turn to yourself. If you can deceive your friend, you can't deceive yourself. So say, my health is my responsibility. One more time. My health is my responsibility. You need to understand the fact that, see, you need your physical body to complete your spiritual assignment on earth. If your physical body is deceased, your spirit man will live. We escape. That's the truth. And that is what we call death. I've seen this over and over. You definitely need to maintain your physical body. You need to service it in order for, your, for you to be able to complete your spiritual assignment. So take care of your body. Just like the same reason you will service your car. If you don't service your car, what will happen? 
it will. One year, I remember I was so busy in Saskatoon, exams, lot of things. I forgot to service my car. I was driving, taking my kids to school on a winter morning. The car just stopped running. And that was when, oh, what have I done? Please, don't let your body break down before you start servicing your body. And this morning, I'll be talking about preventive medicine. What we do to prevent problems in our health. What we should do to maintain our body. Um, things like you avoiding risk, uh, preventing risk and controlling. There are three levels we do to prevent um, diseases and illnesses. The first level is the, we try to prevent it. We don't want it to happen at all. That is the primary prevention. Like, um, we want to prevent you from having high, um, high blood pressure, diabetes. I mean, diseases like that. That is the primary prevention. The second one is the secondary prevention in which we want to limit it. For those that have it already, we don't want it to progress. We don't want it to get worse. We just want it to stay at that level. That is what we call the secondary prevention. And the, th the third one um, is the tertiary prevention in which we, want, we don't want it to kill people. They have it, it's bad, it's worse, but we want to maintain the life for people to be able to live with it. So this morning I'll be talking about different, there are, um, this is just to show that preventive diseases, uh, sorry, preventive medicine start from child, I mean from the neonate, from when we are born all the way to our adulthood. We don't wait until, oh, I'm now 60, I'm now an elderly, I need to be taking care of my health. No, you start from when you're born all the way through. And I'll be talking quickly about common preventable diseases. I'm trying to time myself so I don't... Okay, hallelujah. Now, I am just trying to focus on certain diseases that are common in our community, especially black American. I mean Africans. Uh, Africans are black anyway. <laughs> I mean, among Africans. So uh, I want to focus on those. One of those is diabetes. 1.7 million people per year are diagnosed with diabetes worldwide. 1.7 million. And you'll be surprised that one people, oh, sorry, one person every minute die from diabetes and its complication. One person every minute. You know how short a minute is? It's like you are counting one, two, three, four. By the time you count 60, one person is done. Another one is gone. Another one is gone. Of diabetes alone. So it's a common disease that we need to understand. Down the line, now we talk about some risk factors and things we need to do. But essentially, what I want you to take away from this about diabetes is the fact that it's a killer disease and usually people don't know they have it. People don't have the symptoms initially until it's getting bad. But few things you need to understand is this. If you ever have family members, parents, grandparents that have diabetes, you are at high risk of diabetes. If you ever, in, in fact, the fact that you are an African, diabetes is a risk. Being an African, being an Asian, you have a higher risk than the rest of the population for diabetes. That is confirmed. So what do you do? 
you need to be proactive about it. We will come down to that. Let me move quickly because of the number of slides I have. Hypertension is another one, 7.6 million deaths per year, and every five seconds, one, two, three, four, five, gone. One, two, three, four, five. Two people dead from hypertension and its complication worldwide. It's real, and the problem is hypertension, many people don't know. You don't check your blood pressure. You don't know what is going on. You're just running your system day in, day out. I've seen lots of people that just suddenly drop dead or complication, rush to emergency room just because, and when we check the blood pressure, it's off the roof. 230 over 160, 240, 280. That is hypertensive emergency. You need to check your blood pressure, see your doctor, go for checkup. How many of us go, how many of us have family doctors here? Half of the population? Oh my God. Okay, how many of you have gone for your medical checkup this year? One quarter? <sighs> okay, we need to do something different. We need, we need to. Remember your health is your responsibility. God will not come down to do that for you. Let's move quickly. I will, I, I will come down to that. Anyway, the other th heart attack, you see the statistics there. Stroke is another one. Lung diseases is, uh, are there. Infections from food. I started that because I've seen the way we handle food, the way we store our food, especially cooked food, we need to be careful. There was an outbreak recently in uh, Ontario, which city now, food poisoning, about 10 people died uh, just because of the type of seasoning they used, right? Asian seasonings. You need to be careful. Food poisoning is real. It kills people. I mean, vomiting, diarrhea, kidney failure, straight, coma, death. Please be careful. Accident is the other thing. Poisoning, especially for children. Please keep things that are poisonous away from children. Please store them away, anything, especially when our children start walking. Let's prevent them from ingesting accidentally things that can poison them. Um, moving vehicle accident is that MVA and force. The other one is drowning. Please, if you have the opportunity to learn how to swim or to teach your children swimming lessons, please do it. 10 people die per day from drowning in North America alone. North America, 10 people per day. Hallelujah. Vaccine preventable diseases. Our chief talked about that already. So let's move to the next slide. Uh, I need to move on now. Now, I want to zone in on men. Men, can you wave at me? Hallelujah, men. Good. I put it, I'm not harassing you, but this is true. Men are generally stubborn and negligent about their health. That is the truth. I'm telling you, I don't know whether we want to prove that we are strong to the family or not, but you see, when generally, if you see Younger men, especially when they come to the clinic, why are you here? Uh, the wife said I should come. <laughs> uh, what can I do to you? Um, my wife said I snore so loud and I stop breathing in my, in my, uh, in my sleep. Okay, um, you know, most of us, we don't take that time to look after ourselves until something goes wrong. Don't, and wife, please keep tab on 
your husband. You want them to live long. Keep tap. Send them. Let them go. If you have to drag them to see their doctor, please do it. We are generally negligent because we think we are strong. I mean, we just continue to run on and on. Okay, that's an alarm. Half minute. Hallelujah. Um, generally, men are at higher risk of heart attack. And I put this there for you to know some of the risk factors. Sedentary lifestyle, most of us are not sedentary. However, stress and lack of proper sleep is common in immigrant community, especially because we are trying to settle down, you cut in two, three, four jobs. Uh, that's a lot, or it's like cutting one third of your I mean, life expectancy. Stress and poor sleep. Lack of exercise. I thought exercise is different from work stress. They are two different things. Mm -hmm. The fact that your work, I mean, stresses you, you, they are two different things from, I mean, exercise and stressful work. They are not the same thing. Please don't substitute that for exercise. Okay? The other thing is smoking, consumption of alcohol. We don't do that. Hallelujah. I believe we've moved past that. <laughs> However, few things we don't do which are equally as bad as smoking and alcohol is stress, lack of proper sleep, lack of exercise, and poor nutritional choices. I'm an African man. I like my swallow. I like my pandedium, eba, all those things. However, eat it in moderacy. Cut down. Please, cut down on the amount. We are not saying you should not eat your swallow. You should not eat your rice. Please cut down. Add, I mean, vegetables to your rice. Add other things to your rice just to make it healthy. Praise the Lord. I will show us um, food plate later on as we go on. Let's, oh, okay, before we leave this slide, uh, I mentioned hypertension mostly undiagnosed, poorly controlled. Diabetes, I've mentioned that family history. Then stroke. Stroke is two times more common in men than in women. Two times more common because of our lifestyle. Someone said why? Because of our lifestyle. Those things I mentioned uh, above. Um, I want to quickly talk about cancers. These are really the ones I need you to take note of. Men, prostate cancer is a big thing in African American. We are at higher risk of prostate cancer. In fact, 60% of African American men, we have prostate cancer in the course of their lives. That is when we can turn men that are African American, six out of 10 is going to end up with prostate cancer. And it's common from the age of 50 and above. So please, by the time you eat 50 years, do prostate check. Do prostate Your parents, wherever they are at home or here, let them do prostate check. Please, prostate cancer is treatable uh, if we get it early. But when we don't check, it's a problem. The other thing is the colon cancer. Both in men and in women. Now, colon cancer is the second leading um, cause of death after um, lung cancer. So please, it is common. One thing I want you to take away from this, by the, age, by the time you eat eight, 50 years, the government will be sending you, or it's already sending those of you that are there already, paper to go and do your feet test. Don't throw it away. Do it. It's just a sample or it's an annual sample of your poop. 
that they sent to test for markers of colon cancer. Please do it. The other one, lung cancer, smoking, family history, work exposure, skin cancer. People say black skin don't crack. It's true. However, there is a skin cancer that is common in the black alone, melanoma. Don't expose yourself unnecessarily. You're going to the lake, to the beach, without using your son's um, screen. Please do. Don't end up with skin cancer. It's common in the black community, melanoma. Next, quickly. Um, women, cancers I want to talk about is breast cancer, cervical cancer, colon cancer, lung cancer. Now, for breast cancer, the guidelines suggest that we don't do routine self-breast check examination anymore. Before, the recommendation is you do your annual self-breast check examination. I will tell you the reason for that. However, there are th uh, uh, there's an exception to that, however. Number one, people that have family history of breast cancer, they should still continue to check. People that have first degree, people that have had breast cancer before, and uh, people um, that carry the gene of BRCA1, BRCA2 for breast cancer. Now, many of us, we don't even know what killed our grandparents, our parents, our aunties. We don't know. People don't even check. So I recommend if you, there's any family history or you don't know or you suspect that in any relative, please do yourself breast check. If there's any lump, go see your family doctor. Hallelujah. Quickly, cervical cancer from the age of 23 and above. Every late... Ooh, okay, don't let me put you on this spot. <laughs> I won't put anybody on this spot. However... Cervical cancer, I've seen a lot of my patients, they will come in, I look at the record, they've not done pap smear for like four or five years. What happened? The government is not sending you the list. Oh, they send it to me, I just throw it uh, once. Don't throw that paper away. Do your pap test every two to three years. They send that paper to you. It is very important. Cervical cancer is very common. Lots of, I mean, I have passed off. Um, pastor friends that their wife, at least a couple of them, the wife died of cervical cancer. It is preventable. It is preventable. We had a member of our church that, um, where I was worshiping before this city that died of cervical cancer. It is preventable. Just simple pap test, we can see that precancerous cell ahead and we can treat it. Please do your pap smear. Uh, hallelujah. Colon cancer is the other thing. Commonly, what do you see about colon? If there's any family issue of colon cancer, please talk to your doctor. We can screen, they can do colonoscopy. But some symptoms you see, painless bleeding from your rear end. If commonly people attribute it to hemorrhoid, yes, hemorrhoid can cause that. However, See your doctor. Let your doctor confirm this is hemorrhoid. This is what we are treating. Because once colon cancer spreads, unfortunately, there's no treatment. It spreads easily. However, by simple colonoscopy, by simple fit test, we can easily see it. We can treat it. If it has, it has advanced, they can cut that part off before it spreads. Once it spreads, it's unfortunate. We lost one member to this also in the city where I was living before coming to Regina. Christian, good. Christian, please do, if you have blood in your stool, 
If you think you are um, you're losing weight unnecessarily, talk to your doctor. The other thing is menopause, perimenopause. I notice immigrant women are shy about some of the things about their health. They don't want to go and see their doctors to do pap tests because they don't want to be exposing um, down below. I mean, uh, the other one is about menopause and per perimenopause. Many ladies don't want to talk about it. Talk to your doctor about it. Anxiety, depression is common, especially postpartum depression. Please, men, Support your wife, especially after delivery. It is a lot of stress taking care of those kids alone. You think you are running up and down to make ends meet for the family, but most of them go through depression, postpartum blues. Please support them. It is very important. Um, finally, abuse is the other thing. Emotional, physical, financial abuse and control. Um, women go through some of these things. And there are things you can talk to us. We'll be available after the service if you want to have conversation one-on-one -on -one about this. Quickly, risk factors for diabetes. The good thing is most of these risk factors, the same thing for hypertension, for heart attack, is common to all of them. Age. Now, the more you age, the more you are at risk, risk of developing some of these diseases. By the time you are eating your 50, then you are at higher risk of developing diabetes, heart attack, and all these things. And you cannot control your age. You can't reverse it. You can't stop it. But there are things you can control. The other thing is race. I told you that um, twice, African-American, we are at uh, increased risk of having diabetes and pre-diabetes. Family history. You can't do anything about it. Your family is your family. Uh, in activity. Those are the things you can do things about now exercise, obesity, lose weight, please, if you think you are obese. It's not only diabetes that is. My time is up. I will run through these um, risk factors like age, race, family history. That's why hypertension. Let's go to the next slide. Uh, for the heart attack, you can see it's about the same thing. Next slide, please. Uh, I just with the health is your wealth. Um, Todd Young, first two, I wish above all that you be in good health. Invest in your health. It is a wealth. You should nurture and nourish. Invest in it. Now, I put these there, things you can do to make your food more healthy. Fruits, grains, vegetables, protein. Do this. It's all about what you eat, what you drink, what you do. It's a choice. Um, next slide, uh, I think I'm, this is something I'm trying to show off here. This is one of the things I do to, to, to be healthy. I coach my son's soccer team just to try to get healthy, and I also do one more thing there. Next, you can, I do this also to stay healthy. I ride my bike. Sometimes I put down my car. Most of them I ride my bike to work. I'm not there yet, but I try just to be healthy. Um, next slide. But we won't be able to watch this YouTube. Uh, we will send it out, don't worry. Uh, finally, strategies for you to do to prevent illnesses. Maintain a healthy weight. Add healthy diet. Read that on Canada Food Guide. Smoking, alcohol, regular, avoid smoking, avoid alcohol. Regular exercise, stress management, sleep, and control your high blood pressure and cholesterol and diabetes. Next slide, please. Uh, so if you don't take any, uh, the other thing is this, Things you should do, please do see your doctor for routine lab. If you've not done any, 
any of those this year, please do. Next, cervical cancer screening. Please, ladies, please do it. Mammogram, recommended age of 40 years if there's a family, uh, there's a first degree family member, otherwise 50 to 74 years. That's for breast cancer screening. Feet colonoscopy, I talk, talked about it, 50 years and above, they will send papers to you. Don't throw it away. Uh, necessary vaccine, sunscreen, vitamin D supplement is important. Every black person in Canada should be using vitamin D. It comes only from the sun. We do not have enough vitamin D because no enough sun, and our black skin will not even absorb that, I mean, little sun we have. So use vitamin D for everybody. Finally, I put this there because you service your car. Why not your body? Because whatever you don't service breaks down. And remember that prevention is better than cure. Thank you. <laughs>